Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Michael Cole, VP of Marketing at Everflow, a partner marketing tracking platform company. Michael, it's great to have you on the show. Great to be here. So for those who don't already know, what is partner marketing? Yeah, so partner marketing, best way to think of it is it's about performance marketing and the relationships that will drive that. So typically when we talk about partner marketing, we're talking about starting with affiliates. Affiliates are basically like third-party pay-for-performance um, pay marketers where, say, you're an e-commerce store, you pay them 10% of sale, and then these are marketers that just specialize in promoting lots and lots of brands, driving sales for them, and getting paid on like a 10% commission. So it usually starts with affiliates, and the reason we don't call ourselves like an affiliate marketing platform is because we do way more than that. So it starts with your affiliates, and then you add influencers, you add your internal referral partners, and then one of the cool things about our platform in particular is you can also bring in all of your paid media channels and track performance from every single different source, which is extremely helpful because you really need to understand how each effort you make like ties into the greater whole of like your performance. Otherwise, you're always going to be struggling with attribution about who deserves credit. Okay, gotcha. Very interesting. And so who are your ideal customers? Who are the decision makers that you're trying to connect with? Sure, yeah. So the, we break down into like three or four personas. You have like e-commerce brands that want to manage their own affiliate programs and start like recruiting their like relationships and customers to become referral partners. Then you have like ad networks and agencies actually use our platform as their backbone. They manage all of their different like clients. And then on the other hand, like they manage all their different like media buying and publisher sources. So say if they're managing like a shoe brand, then they would bring it into their platform and then start recruiting or turning on like their existing publisher relationships with like shoe websites like marketers that will bot that are specialists in like say like creating review sites and driving paid media to those review sites and all sorts of other things. So the agency and ad networks work the same way. And then the final group is actually like uh, affiliates and publishers themselves. So in that case, like they're already typically working with affiliate networks to run a bunch of different offers, but then they use something like Everflow to manage all of their different advertiser relationships where they don't have to go through the network, they own everything, and they can onboard people really quickly. So as VP of marketing, what's your main challenge in terms of connecting with these folks and cutting through the noise and getting their attention? Yeah, so on one hand, my job's pretty easy in that like we have a really great platform, and our best channel has always been word of mouth and referrals. We have a huge focus on like customer success, and by starting with customer success, like that's the greatest way to grow because on one hand, like clients have a really good experience because we're walking them through the entire process from getting onboarded to launching. And also we are constantly upgrading our platform based on customer feedback because we have people in the trenches every single day, speaking with customers, figuring out what they need next to be built into our platform and then prioritizing a list of like, here's the different client feature requests and we build it out. So those are the good things. I say in terms of like the biggest challenge, it's actually the fact that uh, we started in like late 2016 and all of our competitors are a decade to 15 years old. Like every single competitor, like there's not a anyone recent against us. 
And so when we're talking about, oh, we're a partner marketing platform, we'll get a lot of like prospects and people that'll nod their head like, okay, great. Like I've seen five-year competitors. I know exactly what that is. And they're so basic in their general features and everything that like a lot of the challenge is actually like, how do we tell our story of how much we can help you go beyond what you already have? Because like, if we just say like, Hey, we do this, this, and this, like these three cool features, like it doesn't even connect because they've never, they, they may have been in this industry for a decade, but they've never actually seen uh, anything beyond like a very basic level. So getting them to actually have that eye opening moment where it's like, Oh, this actually is different than everyone else. It's not just smoke and mirrors. This is actually going to help me grow. Uh, that is a huge challenge. And usually it's like at the demo that they finally have that moment of like realization, like, Oh, this is way, way more advanced than I was expecting. And that creates its own challenges as well. Like when you're way more advanced, that means that it's really easy to overwhelm, uh, prospects and like new clients. Like if they see like a thousand different features, it's really easy for you to run an inertia. Like, this is one of the things that you don't expect as like a startup founder that you can have tons and tons of customers sign up, pay you money, and then three months later they cancel because they've never done anything. They got overwhelmed. They, they, they paid you, but they never actually took the time to actually like make it successful. So as we've evolved everything, like that customer success has gotten more and more advanced in like that onboarding stage because being the most advanced has so many like advantages, but also there's a lot of disadvantages because anyone who's being introduced to our platform has to learn a ton of new things that they've never done before. And so it's not, it's like the marketing, it's the business, like it all fits within the whole of like your challenge is how do you both provide something better than everything else and make it as simple as possible for someone to start getting successful. And that those advanced features are additional things that help them be better rather than, like that like they have to be something that helps you be better than what you you still need to be able to do the baseline and then improve upon it and it's like the job of like marketing and the company to like make that as a simple a flow as possible where they get set up they see traction and then they start doing more cool stuff okay interesting and very interesting challenge now you guys launched in 2017 you said i think right <clears throat> yeah, and so the the date is depends on where you're going from. So November 2016 is like when we consider like the official like starting the company. 2017 is when the product was in its like first beta stage. Okay, gotcha. And you guys have been growing pretty quickly. So how has your marketing stack evolved over the years? And what's what's the strategy behind that as you've been building that out? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So just for reference, we're at like around 9 million ARR and we're a completely bootstrap company. So every single thing we've done has had to be like funded by profits, um, which means that you have to be really, you have to be somewhat frugal, but also you need to make sure that everything you're doing has an ROI attached to it or is like a small enough test that like you're not expending money for the sake of just spending money. Like there's no purpose for us to generate a thousand leads from say a a like email submit white paper that we're paying for a lead because if none of those people are interested at the end of the day, like we've just are burning money. So uh, 
Yeah. What was the other part of the question? It's just how how you've built out your marketing stack and sort of how how and the strategy behind that. Yeah. So the, basically, you start with where you've seen success. So first off, mm. uh, <clears throat> like I mentioned, like we grow a ton from word of mouth and referral relationships. So that was like the first thing. It's just like how do we empower our customers to refer more customers? So that's like getting a referral program. That's making sure that like when we're doing like conferences and stuff that we're always meeting with those clients, we're inviting them to parties. Like we just want people that become Everflow customers to feel like part of a tribe. So it is about like having, like making it as easy as possible for them to refer more business and also like celebrating our customers and always using wording and messaging. That's all about like that we're a team like that we appreciate them that we're not just like, Oh, like, we don't really care about this, like that we're just here for the money or anything. And like, it's not valuable for us to have a customer that will churn in three months. You can make some money there, mm -hmm. but like that's never going to be as good as someone who like spends three years on your platform, scales up their business and is now making hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, that that's the first thing in terms of like technology stack. Uh, like it's slowly evolved um, as we start doing more and more paid media, that's when you really have to, to start focusing on that. So we only started doing paid media heavily about six months ago. So we use our own platform for this as a piece of it. And we have like this little like wired up thing where like Google ads, like sends all its data. You can pass click data from Google ads on like that information into our platform. And then we actually use Zapier to send that information back to Google ads. The reason we do that is because Google ads doesn't allow you to have any audience data. Like they don't handle that. And that means that Google ads idea of what a conversion is, is for a, like a SaaS company is not actually that helpful because there's a big difference between a good customer and a bad customer in terms of Google. They're just saying like, okay, someone submitted a demo request, Like that's a conversion. Whereas in, from our perspective, like if they submitted with like a company, that sounds great and has like a company email, like that's high quality. If they submitted with like a random name and Gmail address, like that's low quality. And so we actually funnel it into our platform. We collect the form data in our platform to know like when you request a demo on Everflow, like what is your quality? And then we send that back via Zapier into Google ads with like different values of like, this is a high quality conversion. This is a low quality conversion. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> that is like, a extremely helpful, pretty simple thing. And I bet you could do it through other platforms too, but just having different qualities pass into Google ads and not relying on their attribution, which is squirrely to say the least. Like they, they do, mm. they'll give you credit for lots and lots of ads. They're like, this one touched it. This one touched it. This one touched it. Mm. And you're like, I just want to know like what at the end of the day actually was a keyword that made someone sign up for a demo request on my website. Like they, they do as much to keep that hidden as possible, but you can actually get that keyword data pushed into other platforms. And if you have your own audience data on top of that, like you can really make strong decisions about like, was the thing I'm paying for driving conversions actually good? Or was it just a low quality conversion? I should be turning it off. So I think that that's a huge thing. Um, and then the newest, biggest thing is that we finally switched CRMs from like a, uh, thing called Podio, which was like an old school one to HubSpot. And it is crazy mm. 
how good HubSpot is. Like I've used Salesforce in the past and I always hated it, but mm -hmm. HubSpot is super <clears throat> simple. You can have all of that ad data from Google ads as well, passing into HubSpot and every single time, like you get a new demo submit, like it creates a new contact with all of that keyword information. Um, and then you can create reports, like what is the stage of each of these customers? So I would say that HubSpot, like it's real well known at this point, but I was honestly astonished at how like easy it is to set up reporting in there. That's like really practical to understand, like demo submit all the all the stages from like sales team reached out to them, starting to do the request to getting them to convert into a customer. Like you can see all those stages and see for all your paid media, like what stage they're in, like how quickly those stages are progressing. Because again, like even a lead, like leads don't matter in themselves. Leads that become customers matter. And if you can't evaluate like what it is for all your paid media channels, like what is happening there and how quickly is it progressing? Like you're not able to make like a good decision about what's going to drive an ROI uh, versus what just makes you look good when you're doing your quarterly bonus review. Okay, really interesting. Now, on your LinkedIn page, you boldly pro pro proclaim, among other things, your love of corgis, the dog breed. And in fact, <clears throat> I think one of the main reasons that you agreed to do this interview is that when I reached out, I grabbed a picture of a corgi online and just threw it in the email, and um, and you responded. And, and yet, you don't actually own a corgi. So, so what, what gives? <laughs> We're going to get, this is where we get dark. <laughs> so there's this thing called a housing crisis. <laughs> and I live in a major city where apartments and houses cost an insane amount of money. And I am cheap. <laughs> like it costs, I mean, you basically have to choose like a bad apartment or apartment that costs a thousand extra dollars to have a dog here. And so I've always gone with like, I'd rather spend my money on experiences and having fun and like saving for the future and compound interest is a pretty strong thing. So one day I hope to have a dog, but I mostly, I, especially in the Bay area, like buying a house is pretty much does not make any sense. If you like yeah. do the calculations for it, like it, the return on your investment is almost certainly <clears throat> negative versus renting. And so like, that's why I stick to tech startups where you have like that lottery ticket. Cause I think that the only way that I'm realistically going to own a house here, knowing myself is if I buy it straight up with no mortgage at all. And that's only mm -hmm. going to happen with a really good IPO. And so hence that's why I work in startups. Indeed. I hear you. So what do you like about Corgi's? So, I mean, I've always liked corgis, but my love of corgis is directly correlated with how much my wife hates corgis. Like, I think that in every relationship, you want to have small things that neither person takes too personal that are, like, your things to squabble about. And so in our case, it's talk me talking about how wonderful corgis are in every way and her complaining about that corgis are fat and ugly or whatever. And it's just, like, an excessive thing where it's, like, a fun thing to squabble about. Yeah, right. Nothing too serious. Okay. Very <laughs> cool. So final thoughts yeah. uh, for marketing leaders at bootstrap startups like yours. What in your opinion mm -hmm. is the first crucial step in building a successful marketing program? Yeah. So, I mean, 
Number one is make sure you choose a company that has a great product that like you believe in. Like it's easy for me to promote Everflow because I was a customer before I joined it. I understood the platform really well and I could see why it would become gigantic. And that is a, a world of advantage. Like I can tell you every single future Everflow backward to for- frontward because I understand it really well. I understand how you actually use it because I managed to scale up like an 8 million like uh, mobile ad network in two years, like starting joining a company and starting that division. So I understand how powerful it is and that makes marketing super easy. So, and as a part of that, like it means that the actual product has to be really good for you to be that passionate in the first place. Like if you can't get passionate about that product, you're going to struggle with all your marketing because if you have to force it, there's something already wrong. Like, I, I think that that is probably, like, the most important rule that I think is that, like, you know all those things that you do at a company where you're like, I hate doing this, but I'm going to force myself to do it? Mm. That's when you should reevaluate, like, is this the right company for me? Why do I hate this so much? Like, I've sent out many, many emails in the past, and it's always been, like, pulling teeth. Whereas, like, the nice thing with Everflow is, like, there's so many things in my favor that I can always focus on doing things that I actually enjoy doing. And you can only do that if, like, you have a product that you can believe believe in and, like, you have everything set up in a way where the platform will be successful without you and you're just magnifying that success. Okay. Very cool. Great advice. Well, Michael, thank you so much for your time and for an awesome conversation. Yeah, my pleasure. Have a wonderful day. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.